All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of RVing Dads. My name is Todd Muller. I'm sitting here next to my co-host, Dustin Dinkins. Hello. Today, we're going to talk about weather. Everything weather. Yes. Weather-related, I have to uh, give credit to my daughter, Alana. It was her idea as we rode out a very windy thunderstorm with hail the other night. She actually said, you know what? You and Dustin should do a podcast about weather. So here we are. Thanks, Alana. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about a couple stories, I guess. We'll talk about some stories about our own experiences and some, some bad weather and also maybe give some, some tips and hints on, on how to ride out some bad weather. And today we're sponsored by Full-Time Families. Great information about how to ride out weather is available on Full-Time Families. Yes, absolutely. Well, stick around. It should be fun. Well, the setting today, it's a rainy Wednesday afternoon. Todd and I just took our wives out to dinner, so uh, they're happy. Uh, we got a couple minutes here to do a nice podcast. Uh, we're sitting around the propane fire pit in our rain jackets, and uh, last night kind of played out like a... Um, what are those prairie dogs? Have you ever seen prairie dogs running around where like one sees something and they alert everyone else? That's kind of what it like is in a campground when uh, when one RVer sees a big rainstorm coming through. They uh, they tell their neighbor who tells their neighbor who tells their neighbor, and before you know it, it's a flurry of activity. Everyone's putting in their awnings and closing their doors and folding up their chairs and putting everything away. And it was kind of like that last night uh, around here, wasn't it? And then. Um, as I lay in bed drifting away as the rain turns into hail and <laughs> it gets loud and a little scary and um, yeah, it's fun. But it's not all bad when it's loud and scary like that. My wife tends to uh, snuggle a little bit closer, so it's not all bad. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but tell me some like, stories here about uh, about rain, Todd. What uh, What's good, what's bad? Well, rain is, I guess it's not a bad thing in an RV. You always got to make sure you're your little roof hatches are closed so nothing gets inside. Um, I guess a positive of rain is you get to check for leaks, right? <laughs> uh, normally rain is, is pretty much an enemy of an RVer because uh, your RV does tend to leak in a lot of places that you don't want it to leak. So what do you do before a rainstorm? If a huge storm's coming through, Todd, what are you gonna do? Well, if it's just rain, I'm probably not gonna do a lot. I may pull my awning out or actually put it out so that it'll have some, some dry area in front of my door and some place to, to light my grill. Um, you know, I'm going to make sure all my, my little hatches are closed and all the, the basement door is closed. Make sure my, uh, my tonneau cover is closed on my truck as well. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm going to kind of look around at the environment too. If I'm camping in a campground and I'm at a high spot, I don't really care that much about it. If I'm in a low spot and it's grassy, it's going to turn into mud soon and I'm going to have a hard time getting out or my RV is going to maybe slip or something. So I'll look around, but I'm, I'm mainly more concerned when it's windy when it's wind combined with rain yes yeah wind is uh wind can be a little bit scary i know with wind i do the opposite right i pull my awning in that is a really easy way to have a very expensive repair on your rv <laughs> letting that, that awning get ripped off has that ever happened to you no it has not uh, no. i've been close one time i left my awning out in a rainstorm and then went on a little hike came back and my awning was full of about 50 gallons of water it completely bent uh all the awning gear so that was an expensive lesson learned yeah, I've seen it, you know, quite a few times actually in parks, you'll see a, a bad storm come in and people going out for the day and they forget to take their awning in. Um, I've actually gone over and tried to pull some people's awnings in. Uh, 
just trying to save them from the storms. But Yeah, that happens a lot, right? When your neighbor leaves all their awnings out and you want to be the nice neighbor, so you knock on their door and they're not home. And like, well, right. Should I pull it in or should I? <laughs> should I or should I not? <laughs> How many times have you seen someone's awning flapping in the breeze? You know, actually, we spend a lot of our winters in Florida, and I would say at least once a, once a month in Florida, I see an awning flapping. Yeah. From being left out. It's a sad sight, but I think everyone has to learn that lesson the hard way. Yeah, I guess so, right? <laughs> Um, I know on, on my RV I have slide toppers, so in regular wind it's not a big deal, but uh, if we start talking about really super high winds, uh, I sometimes am cautious. I may pull my slides in so my slide toppers aren't getting flapped around. Slide toppers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had slide toppers, but um, I can imagine they're wonderful except in the wind. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'll close all my vents, I'll close the windows. Actually, the, the, I put out a carpet, uh, not a carpet, but a, what do you call that? An outdoor a rug? A mat, an outdoor rug, yes. Okay. I'll, I'll typically pull that in if it gets windy because that gets flopped around and pulls everything with it. Now, I will say, you know, when it's going to be really windy, if I know there's going to be, you know, gusts in 60, 70 miles an hour, I, I may actually try to position my RV so I'm facing into the wind um, and I'm not taking that wind broadside because that's when the RV will start rocking and, and not a good rocking. That's when it gets fun, right? <laughs> not in the wind necessarily. Uh, for us, it's been uh, Montana, Wyoming, some of those uh, northwestern states there. The wind is just incredibly fast. Um, so we've done the same. We'll leave our slides in in some cases. We boondock in places and just pulled our slides in. Sometimes just one side is all it takes. Uh, if you get whistling around the slides orienting yourself into the wind, that's always helpful. Right, and I'll even go so far as, I've gone so far as to fill up my, my freshwater tanks, give myself a little extra weight. I'll even leave the, the, uh, my fifth wheel hooked up to my truck, uh, again, just to kind of balance it, try to keep myself a little, a little more stable. Or find someone bigger than yourself, right? I was just gonna say, or I'll try to park it next to someone who's got a big fancy class A like, like you, Dustin. <laughs> or a semi, <laughs> find a semi and park next to that. <laughs> Yeah, a good wind block, that helps. Yeah, a good wind block, yeah. Had any uh, crazy wind experiences? Um, nothing too crazy, you know, I've, I've, we've, we've ridden out some, some unfun windstorms where you can really feel the RV rocking back and forth. But how about you? Yeah, it's, it's the normal, like the, the RV's rocking back and forth and you're like, wow, are the kids playing in the front? No, it's just the wind. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, you get through them, you learn the first couple what's normal and what's not. And leaving the, like you said, leaving the truck connected is a big deal. Uh, filling the water tank's a big deal. Orienting in the right direction, leaving your slides in if necessary. But for us, like 30 mile an hour winds are pretty normal. We won't do anything different. Once it gets above that, we'll start considering changes. Yeah, for sure. How, how about driving? Um, do you take any precautions if you're driving? Driving, yeah. So we used to drive a travel trailer in a Class C, and I would say the best thing to do is to buy a fifth wheel. <laughs> no, right. but in all seriousness, um, like each each RV drives totally different in the wind, and I can definitely say that moving from a travel trailer to a fifth wheel, um, the most difference was found driving in wind. Like a fifth wheel is not nearly thrown around, well, really at all, with right. the wind because the way they're set up, whereas in a travel trailer we, we really felt uncomfortable. We actually planned our travel days around wind days because it was so uncomfortable and dangerous. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we've been in a Class A now as well and that's 
seems fairly comfortable. You, you notice the wind. It's a big billboard driving down the road, but it's at least meant to handle that wind. Yep. And the only other thing I would say about the, the fifth wheel, I know uh, um, your truck makes a big difference too. Like I have a dually, um, so, and I have a very heavy fifth wheel, so I'm not really hesitant to drive in the wind. I really don't feel it. You know, I can see the trees really bowing. Um, if there's a really strong gust, I may feel a little tug on the steering wheel, but it doesn't really affect um, affect the, the drivability of it, I guess. But uh, you know, and I don't have this experience, but I've, I've heard other people with fifth wheels that do have just a single rear wheel. They'll feel the wind a little bit more than, than a dually wheel. Yeah, a dually really helps. So when you combine rain and wind, it can only get worse. It can, yes. What happens when it turns into like a tornado ton? Tornadoes, so, well, luckily I've never experienced a tornado in an RV. Um, I don't think anyone wants to. <laughs> I don't think your, uh, your safety's gonna be the, your safety's gonna be in question if you're in a tornado. Well, uh, are you saying my RV isn't strong enough to <laughs> handle a tornado? Yeah, absolutely not. Okay. Um, so, so we've been through quite a few, actually more tornado warnings than I like to think about. Um, they're never fun. Uh, we make sure our phones have apps on them and so forth so we get warnings when there's possible tornadoes in the area. Uh, you know, and in any tornado, my first recommendation is don't be in your RV. Make sure you know where the, 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 the closest uh, storm shelter is or somewhere that you can get to um, that's going to protect you because your RV certainly is not. Uh, you know, we've done it and I'm, I know other families have done it. When, when there's a severe tornado warning, we'll go spend the night in a hotel. Yeah, don't be uh, afraid to do that. We've stayed at RV parks in the middle of Iowa and Nebraska, and the only building there is a concrete building that's a tornado shelter. Yep. Uh, we went to a, a, one of the full-time family rallies in northern Florida last year, and there was a tornado warning during the event, and everyone had to huddle together in the, in one of the buildings, which was totally fine. It was just a warning, and, and no nothing ever materialized. But better safe than sorry. Yep. Uh, I don't think an RV is ever going to be a building that lasts a tornado. So uh, no. if you see it coming, just drive away. If you can't, then find something solid. Yeah. Yeah, we actually pulled into a park in Alabama, and uh, it was raining. It wasn't really that bad, and we got in, we checked in, and it was one of those parks where you can go find your own spot. And we started to drive, and uh, all of our, all five of our phones, so my, my, my wife's and my three kids' phones, mine all went off with a tornado warning, uh, like an immediate tornado warning, get to shelter type thing. And uh, I wound up stopping the truck right in front of the, the bathroom, which was a storm shelter. Parked yeah. it right. In, I left it right in the road, and uh, my family, my dog, and I, we all just went into the bathroom and, and hung out in there for a half hour until it went away. That's smart. So um, let's talk about apps for weather. So yes. um, so we lived on a boat for a short period of time, and we used a lot of weather-related apps. One of them was called uh, Windly. Okay. And it provides like a, a wind forecast. So that's been helpful for me to see the wind and the wind direction, and especially for tornadoes. Um, what apps do you use, Todd? Um, actually, probably my favorite is actually AccuWeather. I really like the AccuWeather app. I find it to be the most accurate. Uh, and honestly, I would tell you the others, except we're recording this podcast on my phone. And uh, if I start clicking buttons and poking around to look at the apps, because I can't remember the name, uh, the, the listeners will hear all the clicking. Sounds good. And my phone's dead, so I can't offer anymore. <laughs> Um, but I also, I, I know, uh, other than AccuWeather, I do have the weather.com app, uh, which is, which is fairly good. But, uh, and then there's another good one and I'm going to click on my phone now because I can't remember the name of it. Uh, my radar, 
Oh, my yeah. radar's very good about uh, giving me warnings when there's tornadoes or p potential tornado warnings in the area. And one of the problems that I have, we move around so often, is my phone never keeps up with where I am. So I always have to purposely open the app and like look for a location where I'm at. Otherwise, it thinks I'm in Florida when I'm in Texas. And right. I get random alerts that don't apply to me. You know, I'll say, I'm, and I'm not trying to start a technology war here. Uh, I have an iPhone. Um, <laughs> okay. The, the rest Let of my, me stop you right there. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of my family has Android, so we are a, a uh, multi-phone family, but uh, my iPhone tends to keep up better. My iPhone, I will get warnings, and, and when we get to new areas where the Android, I have found, this is just personal experience, not saying Androids are bad, they're wonderful, um, but they don't always necessarily update. All right, well, how about hurricanes, Ted? <laughs> uh, hurricanes. So my advice with a hurricane, uh, there are no such things as surprise hurricanes. You know they're coming. Uh, if there's any way to get out, get out. Uh, there's no reason to try to ride out a hurricane. Yeah, they, I mean, you get a, a week's warning now, don't you, with a hurricane? Yeah, yeah, I think you, you, know, you have at least a week's warning, and you may not have to leave right away, but at least you know it's coming and you can get ready. So if it comes to that point where you're like, you know what, this, this hurricane's going to hit, and even in the best situation, it's crazy winds, crazy rain, both of which you don't need to hang out for, so just right. drive away. Our house has wheels, and we'll take that opportunity to leave to leave a, a hurricane zone. Yeah, but you have some extra experience with hurricanes, don't you? I do. Um, actually, I've, I've worked as a hurricane insurance adjuster, kind of on the side. So I, I've actually seen firsthand the, the damage a hurricane can do. And uh, usually when I'm doing inspections, I'm looking at houses and... and Based on the damage to a house, I can only imagine what would happen to my RV if it was in that path. You've never had an adjustment for an RV then? Nope, I've never done a, an adjustment because usually it's floated it's away. Just, <laughs> it's obliterated, I can imagine. Right. Um, so yeah, tornadoes and hurricanes seem bad. I think um, probably the only natural disaster that doesn't really affect RVs, though, would be an earthquake. Yeah. Um, At least for the most part. Yeah, I've never been through an earthquake, but you know, I have to assume every time I drive down the road with my RV attached, it's kind of like going through an earthquake. Yeah, we've been through a mild earthquake, but yeah, we totally didn't notice. It was no different than the washing machine or the kids jumping around. Um, had we been outside on the ground, we might have noticed it, but our RV spends so much time moving that we would have never noticed it. Yep. Well, how about uh, sometimes when you have hurricanes or, or heavy rains, you get a flood. Oh, isn't that the worst flood? <laughs> Um, yeah, I try to keep all the water on the outside of my RV, um, but yeah, if it's flooding, I don't know. I've, I've been I've been really fortunate never to experience a flood, certainly in my RV. Uh, I've driven through a couple inches of water, but I'm on wheels. I just keep going until it's high ground. Right. I will actually take notice. Like We've, we've stayed at a few campgrounds where there are rivers, and rivers are great, um, and I know usually a prime spot is to be up against that river, but... Just because I've seen, I've seen what water can do. Uh, I will typically, when I see a low spot, I will look for a spot or, or a parking spot where, where we're a little above that. So if there's some rain, we're not going to have to worry about moving. I'm pretty conservative with my spot placement. I like something firm. I don't usually like to park on the grass. If I can avoid it, I'd like to park on something solid, something that's not going to get soft when it rains. Um, when I can avoid it, of course. And of course, I have four-wheel drive, so like to think I'm aware of it, but I know everyone gets caught up in some situations. We've stayed at so many random RV parks and we could have easily been caught up in a flood had one occurred at that time, but uh, just 
just awareness is probably the best issue there. Yep. Um, yeah, I think the same with all these is just awareness. Know if it's going to come, what you're going to do if it does come. And, you know, one topic that doesn't get covered that much, Todd, is, is like, um, you know, what's important, I guess. For me, if, if my RV is flooding, I'm more concerned about getting my family in the vehicle and driving away. Because as much as I love my RV, um, I think there was probably 100,000 of them made that same year of the same model. So I could just buy another one if I really like that particular RV. Yep. Yeah, that's what you have insurance for. So you don't, risk, don't risk yourself or your family. Just Your RV can be replaced. Uh, nobody else can. Right. So one thing we, we did talk about, we, we talked about rain and flooding. And what about snow? Snow. I, I try to avoid it at all costs. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say most of, most full-time RVers that I know don't deal with snow because they go where it's warm. <laughs> I've, I've made some mountain climbs, mountain passes um, in the summer, and it's actually been snowing uh, on the pass. So that's been a little scary. I just actually, in that case, I just pulled over and waited until the weather passed and the roads dried up. Um, that's the beautiful thing about RVing, right? I can pull over and have a long lunch break. Yep. Um, take a little nap, watch some TV with the kids, and then uh, drive out when the weather's nice. Yeah, that would, that would normally be my strategy as well. Um, although this past this past early spring, we were on our way up to Maine, and uh, we were in Massachusetts, uh, crossing over the mountains there, and uh, it was snowing. And it was snowing on the way up, and uh, we got to the top, and uh, it was snowing pretty good, so I pulled into a rest stop, and uh, my original intent when I got in there was just to spend the rest of the day, or even that night if I had to. You know, I've got my my, my living quarters there, so I plan to sleep in the in that lot. But then, uh, kind of like a a miracle from above, a sand truck went by just as I was thinking <laughs> that. So uh, I got up and I ran out of the the, uh, the seating area, jumped in the RV, and I followed that sand truck back down the mountain. And uh, once we got down, there was there was no more snow. It was, it was fine the rest of the way. Nice, that's good. We uh, we made the mistake one year of staying in northern Michigan too long. We stayed until early November. And uh, we woke up in the morning hearing really crazy noises. It was a snowplow. They actually plowed us in, so we had a big snowbank in front of our RV. And that was a, that was a warning sign that we'd been there way too long. Right. <laughs> so as, as, as soon as uh, that melted, we were, we were gone. We headed south to Florida as fast as possible. But uh, what's on the opposite side of the spectrum? Heat. The sun. Heat. It's almost unavoidable if you're following nice weather. Yeah, it is. Uh... Especially if you spend any time in Florida, no matter what time of year it is, it's going to get hot. Uh, so what do you do? What do you do to try to avoid that? Or the the heat? Oh, I, you know, I drive a little bit north when it's too hot. It's like a fine balance. But uh, we have air conditioners. I use them. I have a generator. I use it if I need to. I have fans. Um, I don't know. Other than that, what can you do? Yeah, same thing. I mean, we have obviously air conditioning and fans. Uh, we do have Reflectix. Uh, window insulation yeah. that we do put up in some of our windows that helps to reflect the heat. And, uh, we do have some pillows, that little cushions that are made to fit up in the, the ceiling vents to try to, again, try to keep that heat out. I have a pile of those as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have four ceiling vents, so we have four of these little squishy pillows with reflectives on one side. We bought them at Camping World. I don't know where you buy yours, but yep, I they're handy. They just push fit in there. They're three or four inches of foam. Uh, they're also handy not only for heat, but also to keep your kids sleeping longer. They yeah, it keeps the sun out. <laughs> it keeps the sun out, yeah, those nasty vents. So you get an extra 30 minutes or so of kids sleeping, which is great. So it's a wise investment. Right. And the other big thing with with, uh, with sun is shade. Um, you know, there's a big difference when you're under a tree and you have some shade from that sun, or even just your awning. You know, uh, I mean, you know, my awning makes a big difference if I can get that awning out. 
the sun off the side of the RV it makes a big difference. It's incredible. It keeps me from going crazy. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned the, the driving north. Um, I have a very low tolerance for heat. Uh, and my wife has a very low tolerance for me. Um, so we spent some time in Florida where it gets hot. And I'm like, I'm done. Let's go. We are moving to Georgia. I don't care what is going on. Get the kids in the car. We're leaving. Uh, normally, her, her common sense prevails. And we, we don't leave because it's 90 degrees. But yeah. I've often thought about it. Just jump in the truck and turn on the air conditioner and take a drive. Right. I usually just close all the windows in my bedroom and turn on the air conditioner and turn the lights off. Nice. How many air conditioners do you have? So actually, my RV came with only one roof unit, Ooh. and it's a 41-foot fifth wheel uh, toy hauler. That doesn't seem very cold. No, it does not cool the whole thing. So uh, I actually have installed, I have a, a portable air conditioning unit in the, the bedroom in the front of my RV. Uh, I had a an outdoor kitchen that uh, was kind of useless. It was right next to my front door, and I had already stolen the the hot and the cold water from that from my washing my washing washing machine um, so I kind of had a, a spare hole that I was able to vent that portable AC out um, and actually I just picked up another portable AC and I'm gonna install that in the, the garage part of my toy hauler and vent it probably at the floor okay from one to three yes is that enough it might be um, so if I was buying a new fifth wheel say 43 feet long or class A or travel trailer how many air conditioners should I look for I would look for three. Um, that's I, I like it cold. I don't like the hot, so I like to have a kind of a cool oasis to go to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I'll say even with our with our rooftop unit and the one portable unit, when it's hot out, and you know, especially in Florida, if it's 90 degrees outside, you know, I'm not going to be able to keep my RV below 78 inside. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a, a 40 foot fifth wheel. It came with two air conditioners, and I, I think that's very minimum needed to keep it relatively cool. Like there's many times in which I wish I had a third. Sometimes I would actually open the roof vents slightly. I'd open them about an inch to try to vent some of the hottest air. So the air conditioners are cooling at the same time as I have the, the vents slightly open in the front at the highest place. But So three air conditioners would probably be good if you're going to be in the warm weather. Yeah, And again shade, you know, if you can get those air conditioners in the shade, it's gonna, they're going to cool a lot better. Now one thing, so so, can you tell us a little bit about your your new bus, your your new bus air conditioning? Yeah, try just just moving into a, a different style RV now. It's a it's a bus conversion, and it has basement airs, so air conditioners that sit in the basement. So uh, still learning this kind of setup, but uh, very excited for the possibility. It actually came with four air conditioners, only one working at the time, uh, right now, but um, it actually cools the RV pretty nicely <laughs> with one. So I think it's more efficient because it's not sitting in the sun. Yeah. Right. So uh, we'll do an update uh, later on. But talking about the sun, um, sun is usually associated with heat. But another problem we've had is we just went to Alaska with our RV, and the sun was a nuisance because it never set the entire time we were there, which sounds really fun and, and all and great. Uh, and it was for the first couple days, but after a while you go a little crazy because there's no darkness. The kids don't sleep. You don't sleep. You wake up at three in the morning to use the bathroom and you see the sunlight and your body just feels awake. So um, so again, the same tricks worked really well for us. The reflectix on the windows. In fact, we did tinfoil on the windows. We were so desperate. Even a little crack in the window is enough to bring in an immense amount of sunlight. So you can imagine um, how much tinfoil and reflectives and, and those push-in uh, vent covers we used. But it worked. We got to sleep. 
and it, and it worked out really well. It also kept it nice and cool the whole time. Well, good. I, and I, I know, you know, I've talked about that. I was a little surprised at how hot it was in Alaska. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it surprised us. We thought Alaska would be really cold since it's so far north, but believe it or not, uh, it was actually in the 90s, and we needed our, our air conditioner. So, um, just like Florida, we, we played the old trick, and, and it worked well. thing I guess we're going to talk about is what, what was the inspiration for this whole podcast about weather, and that was hail. Uh, last night, here in the upper peninsula of Michigan, a pretty nasty thunderstorm rolled through with some high winds, rain, and, I don't know, pea-sized hail? Yeah, probably. It sounded, sounded like basketballs, but they were probably pea-sized. Right. Yep. So, uh, hail obviously can be very damaging. Um, actually, I do have a hail story, but do you have a hail story? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone has hail stories. For us, it was in our last fifth wheel we were laying in bed and a big hailstorm came through and uh started getting louder and louder and louder and before you knew it we had hail in our bed turns out the hail had broken through the uh the ceiling vent and had busted the plastic pieces and then hail was just kind of falling right through onto our bed so that was it was funny but uh you know, i guess that was a warning that we need to replace our vent covers right, right. uh we have not i have not experienced that um I do have the Max Air vent covers, which I like to think would help protect me a little bit, maybe. Two, two layers, maybe? Yeah, two layers. would so have to break both to get through to my bed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, hell, hell sounds probably worse than it is when it's pounding on the roof of your RV. Uh, although, uh, we were talking about this earlier today, and you brought up a good point. Most RVs have a rubber roof. Yeah. Uh, which probably makes a, pretty, a big difference. Yeah, unless it's, you know, golf, golf ball size hail, it's not really going to be a problem. It's more of the sound. It's echoes in the RV because it's like a big drum so um, it sounds worse than it is. Yeah, I think that's a, th a theme of, at least in my RV uh, with all this bad weather it, it usually actually sounds worse inside than it really is outside. Yeah. Uh, that wind starts ripping through and it sounds like uh, you know the, it sounds like you're going to get knocked over when, when it's really not that bad. Yeah but you know we have kids and families so make some fun out of it. Just turn on a movie really loud it's an excuse to be really loud for once. Yep. Um talking about hail, I remember my family and I, we were crossing from, uh, I think we were in Alabama, and we were on our way to somewhere in Texas, and uh, we came up, and there was a really bad thunderstorm chain kind of coming through the area, and they were they were saying there was some big hail coming. Uh, I was more worried about my truck than I was about my RV with that rubber roof. I figured the rubber roof would be okay, but I didn't want my truck to get damaged, but we decided to pull off for the night, and I got to, uh, found a campground, pulled in, and lo and behold, they had RV spots available with, with roof covers. Oh! Basically a giant uh, pole building that had a metal roof on it. <laughs> so I paid a, an extra $30 a night. I think I paid $70 that night just to park under the under the cover and I felt really good about it when uh, when I got in there and, and uh, I felt I was going to be protected if it did hail. And then of course, you know what? It didn't hail. It did, right. But you felt better. I did feel better. I've seen some uh, in North Dakota that have fully enclosed RV sites to handle some weather and wind and snow. Yeah, those would definitely be nice on some of those windier storm nights. But, uh, um, but other than a covered building, how about insurance? I was just going to say, what, what is your best protector from weather? And that is insurance, right? Yeah, uh, yeah you definitely definitely want to make sure you have insurance on all your, your RVs and, and, and uh, 
tow vehicle, any chase vehicles that you have or toads, uh, you know, and make sure that you have, uh, well, should we talk about full-timer insurance? Yeah, I think it's critical to have full-timer insurance because that means you're living in your RV. So if there's a catastrophic claim on your RV, then you have alternate living accommodations while your RV is being repaired or replaced. Yep, absolutely. Um, super important to have it. And just from a, as a previous insurance adjuster, uh, now, like I said, I didn't inspect RVs, but, but I do know that uh, when people's homes get destroyed, that insurance is critical to get them back on their feet, get them uh, you know, back into a new place to live. So if you don't have that insurance, you better get it. Get it and get it fast. All right, well, I think we've, we have probably talked more about weather than we really expected to. Yeah, we never really plan for weather, but it always uh, hits us up. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. As we're doing this podcast, it's kind of sporadically sprinkled on us where we thought about going inside, but uh, we stuck it out just so everyone could hear this, this podcast. The campfire overrules. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, anything else to add, Dustin? Nope. Thanks everyone for listening here tonight. Um, we had over 2,100 listens in the first uh, first season of RVing Dad, so uh, we're pretty excited about that. It... Yes, we are very excited. We uh, <clears throat> we actually sent a couple of texts to each other about about that, so it was, it was pretty exciting. Uh, if you are interested in being a guest on RVing Dads, or if you're interested in sponsoring RVing Dads, uh, please reach out to me. You can get me at Todd at RVingDads.com. Um, and we can set you up. Uh, if you're a guest, you're going to get to sit at a fire with Dustin and I. We probably would share some beer and bourbon with you. Any, any other perks for a, for a guest speaker, Dustin? Uh, you get to listen to our kids ask for things throughout the entire episode. <laughs> right, and we'll probably let you take a sticker when you leave. Oh, stickers, of course. I want to be a guest. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks for listening tonight. Uh, and, of course, as always, we're sponsored by Full-Time Families, the ultimate uh, full-time traveling group for families. Yes, uh, so uh, we hope you found some value in this podcast, if only for entertainment. 